The season of Lent has arrived really early this year, um, probably too early for most of us to have had a chance to think about it. And um, I don't know what you normally do with Lent. Um, uh, often people give something up, most commonly alcohol or um, chocolate. Uh, sometimes people uh, do more than that. A couple of years ago we had a really interesting experience where um, uh, some of us at church tried to live on uh, minimum wage um, for uh, the 40 days of uh, Lent. Uh, and my goodness, that was difficult. Um, but I don't know, we stop to think about why we do these sort of things. Perhaps we just imagine that um, uh, uh, making life more difficult for ourselves is the sort of thing that God wants us to do. Obviously we're remembering that time in um, the beginning of Matthew's Gospel in Matthew chapter 4 when uh, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days uh, immediately after his baptism in preparation for his ministry and uh, uh, through the process of uh, Lent we're sort of entering into that experience. But why? What is the intention behind uh, uh, this process of self-denial? Well, that word self-denial uh, usually has in our minds connotations of something uh, fairly unpleasant, something uh, not to be done lightly. But um, my suggestion today is going to be that actually self-denial is, uh, far from being something unpleasant, even though it may be difficult, is a process of liberation, of setting ourselves free from things which enslave us. And um, Jesus entering into the uh, wilderness and spending those 40 days was uh, in the same way setting himself free or standing apart from his culture and um, uh, the norms of his society. I think this is particularly pertinent for those of us um, uh, who live in uh, early 21st century Western society. Um, I think human history has always um, uh, been built on the promotion of self. Uh, in actual fact, the, um, the original sin of Adam and Eve was uh, a lot about this. It was um, a rebellion against God, but a, a, a turning towards the self. And um, uh, Adam was tempted that uh, in eating the apple he would become like God. It was a sort of self-promotion, um, a, a, a desire for autonomy and control and for the glory that God had for himself. But um, the history of humanity has been marked by individuals trying to assert themselves and uh, get control over other people's lives and uh, take that uh, power and, and glory which is due to God for themselves. And uh, whether they are dictators or um, military leaders, uh, much of the conflict and injustice that has happened in our world as a result of that. But I suspect that there has never been a society um, like ours where uh, the pursuit of uh, the self is uh, so the norm. In fact, it is so normalised that uh, to question it seems really quite odd. This idea that I should uh, uh, try and make all that I can of myself, that I should um, be everything that I can be, that I should take every opportunity that's presented to me and that I should um, uh, work as hard as I can to be the best that I can are the sort of things that we teach our children and um, uh, are completely normative to us. We cannot imagine a different way. But I think the price we pay for this um, in our lives, in our communities and in this city of ours is that um, uh, this inflation of uh, the ego, this inflation of the self and its uh, absolute priority um, uh, means that we uh, fragment everything else. Um, uh, our, our society is built around um, uh, individuals and even the thing which um, we might uh, hold as very traditional, the idea of family, has been reduced to the bare minimum of nuclear family of of husband, wife and children, and all of uh, the ideas of extended family uh, seem to have crumbled. And I think we've paid a high price 
for uh, this uh, inflation of the self. Um, uh, uh, yes, we live in a world where the opportunities for any individual who's willing to work hard and who's gifted and hopefully uh, has resources, those opportunities are enormous. We can do or be almost anything we want. And yet the price we pay is that um, there has never been a time, perhaps, when, uh, despite being surrounded by so many people, there's so much loneliness. There's so much isolation from the other. Um, and uh, one of the things that we see in London is the uh, uh, inability to uh, allow relationships to go to any depth. Uh, there's a sort of uh, shallowness to our relating uh, to one another, and we find it hard to go beyond a sort of surface level. It's one of the great challenges for a church like Church on the Corner when we try and uh, build community, which after all is one of the great motivations for many of us being here. We want to be part of a smaller church which has a, a genuine sense of community. And yet all of us bring this baggage of selfishness uh, to it and uh, the tendency to come in uh, for what we can get and uh, to see our needs met means that community is going to be hard. I'd like us to look at this uh, passage of um, uh, uh, Matthew 4 verses 1 to 11 uh, of Jesus' experience of uh, entering into the wilderness and uh, the temptations that he faced uh, and to look at it not simply as um, a, a set of temptations which was exclusive to Jesus but to see that um, uh, these temptations are common to all of us and uh, to one extent or another uh, the things that we're victim to. And this process of Lent, this time of uh, self-denial, um, we hope is a, a time when we can start to face up to the ways in which we've given in to these uh, temptations and uh, begin to, to transform that and change it around. The passage begins in verse 1 with Jesus uh, going into uh, the desert led by the Spirit. And uh, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then in one of those great understatements of the Bible, after that time, he was hungry. That's only one brief verse, and it's significant that these 40 days and 40 nights uh, only do come down to one verse at the beginning of this story. But let's not skip over them, um, this process of withdrawing from uh, the busyness of life and from people and of fasting um, is a process of making yourself vulnerable. And Jesus would have made himself uh, very vulnerable by this process. It's a time of um, uh, exposing uh, the sort of deepest um, needs and emotions in ourselves. And um, uh, Lent, I think, uh, when it's done right, is exactly that. Um, uh, withdrawal from some of the uh, busyness of our life that shows us uh, who we really are so that we might know ourselves better. We might know our real needs and our real motives. And at the end of that time, Jesus is confronted by these three temptations. The first is in verse 3. And uh, the tempter says this. It says, um, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And uh, it's a very natural temptation. He was hungry and um, he had the power at his disposable to transform the situation. And, um, uh, and he had to make a choice. Now, our choice is not the same as that. We don't have miraculous powers to transform things. But we do have um, a great deal of resources at our disposal. And I think it's a question of how we choose to use those um, how do we use uh, the money or the influence that we have? How do we use our character, our personality, our gifts or our education? And the choice that Jesus had to make was uh, between comfort and service. He had the choice as to whether he would use his power to uh, serve himself or to serve others. 
and uh, it was a very real issue which um, he chose throughout his whole life to use his power uh, not for his own gain but for the uh, sake of others. I'm going to summarise these three points in three phrases which all involve the word justice. And of course justice isn't uh, simply something that's done by uh, legal institutions and courts. Uh, justice very simply means right dealing uh, with people and with uh, others. So this first temptation for Jesus between uh, comfort for himself and uh, the service of others is choosing to live out justice towards others. And as ever with, as ever with these things, um, I don't think this is a negative choice. Um, uh, the temptation always to live for ourselves and to uh, make our lives comfortable may seem very attractive, but I think there's a real tyranny to it, a constant desire for uh, myself to be comfortable, to be happy and satisfied, um, is actually an uh, unattainable goal. Um, as I pursue selfishness, uh, I simply isolate myself more. And uh, life isn't obviously about um, things or careers or success. And it's all about people and relationships, relationship with God and relationship with others. Uh, and as I am willing to live my life for, for the sake of others, to serve others, uh, those relationships um, are unable to flourish. And I'm enriched by those things. Selfishness isolates me. Service um, uh, welcomes others and makes me part of uh, the lives of others. The second temptation is in verse 6, and um, uh, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point and said, If you are the son of God, then throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And this, I think, is the temptation to um, attempt to subvert God's purposes for my own ends, to make God's plans work uh, how I want them to. And I fear that this is a temptation that uh, uh, lots of modern Christianity has uh, fallen foul of. Um, the temptation that uh, we make this uh, life of faith, this relationship with God, about meeting my needs, about me um, being happy and successful, about God blessing me and revealing his purposes for my life. And um, uh, there is something that's gone wrong with that. In fact, what we're called to, just as Jesus was, was to take our uh, part in God's story. To see ourselves as um, a small part in a remarkable and incredibly significant story. That we, as uh, people who are uh, seeking God's purposes, uh, become caught up in the story of his kingdom and of his uh, uh, restoration of humanity and of creation. Uh, his bringing of uh, justice into this world to corrupt an old nationalistic saying um, we are those who ask not what God can do for us but what we can do for God and once again I, I think this is incredibly liberating because it frees us from that um, uh, uh, crushing need for significance that, that our desire to be part of something that means, some, uh, that means something is um, uh, met beyond our wildest dreams as we see God working out his purposes in our world and as we dream and pray of the day when his kingdom comes and uh, his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, even for Jesus, the temptation was there to make it all about him. And he was able to choose throughout his whole ministry. And then ultimately um, uh, at the cross that uh, he would subvert what was uh, best for him to what was best for God's purposes. And he would walk uh, boldly towards that cross. And the third temptation is in verse 8, where the devil takes him up to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendour. All this I will give you, he says, if you will bow down and worship me.
And I think the choice here is between glory and humility. The temptation was there um, for Jesus throughout his whole ministry. That temptation that he could um, uh, take upon himself uh, the responsibility for uh, this coming kingdom and uh, achieve it through um, his power and his own ability, which were remarkable. And yet the way of the cross was the way of humility and of service. The way that God's kingdom was going to come wasn't through the exercise of power, but through uh, simplicity and service and ultimately sacrifice. The temptation for us is that most innate one. Um, It's that original one, that uh, choice of uh, wanting our own power, our own autonomy. It was um, Adam's failure and it's there inherent in every single one of us. But the choice of uh, uh, making a a, a right relationship with God is allowing him to be God. It's a a choice of humility. But once again, um, putting God in uh, in his rightful place is a liberating thing. We are restored to the relationship with God and with others that was intended for us, like the prodigal son coming home from the distant land and being restored to his rightful place in that house. Uh, So we, as we set our relationship with God right, are restored to that relationship with him and his people. And it's in that relationship that we find our worth, our identity and our purposes. So I think these three temptations reflect three areas where uh, we need to make choices. It's um, uh, uh, about our relationship with others, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with God. Can we choose to, um, uh, uh, to serve instead of needing to be served? Can we choose God's purposes rather than my own purposes? And can we choose humility rather than glory? The more I think about this whole process, the more I realise that um, uh, so many of us are enslaved by a a tyranny of ourselves, a tyranny of our egos. And um, uh, we're enslaved by our fears and our desires, our ambitions and our needs. And so this Lent, as we approach it, um, might we uh, find in recognising and withdrawing from uh, the pressures that are upon us and the norms that we've grown up with, May we find the liberation that comes from uh, denying ourselves and putting our relationship with others and ourselves and God right. How's this going to happen? Well, of course, it's a a big ask. And uh, you see, it's a much bigger question than simply giving up uh, alcohol or chocolate or something. Um, uh, But all of those things are valuable. And there are lots of ways in which people have used those things as the process of self-denial. It's not that those... Uh, individual acts in themselves do this job but what they do is remind us that over the course of this 40 days we are looking to uh, put down uh, ourself and uh, to seek God and so the ritual of uh, giving up um, uh, something in particular which uh, every time you think of it uh, that's the routine of turning back to God and of denying yourself there are other ways more creative ways there's um, uh, a video that we're going to show after the sermon and um, It's an artist's reflection on the process of Jesus going into the wilderness. It's beautiful and quite powerful too. And um, uh, uh, he, one Lent, chose uh, every day to make a drawing. Um, Other people might write. Someone I was talking to last week said that their intention was uh, every morning to get up. And the first thing that they did was to write uh, two pages of reflection on this journey, on this uh, process. Uh, Be creative about it. But um, uh, enter into this Lent story. And um, I think there's some real value to doing this together as church. 
uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing together over the course of Lent is reading a book together. And uh, that's a, a good old church tradition. Uh, our Lent book is um, uh, by a guy called Henri Nuon, and um, uh, it's called Reaching Out. You can see uh, a link to it on the web page, on the, right on the front page. And uh, we're going to read this together. And uh, it's a, a beautiful book, which B and I have been reading over the last few weeks. And it talks about three movements of the spiritual life, three transitions, really. And it addresses these three areas, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others, and our relationship with God. It's a, a really beautiful and powerful book, which I hope will help us to uh, learn more of what it means to be a gospel community and to uh, choose service over comfort and uh, God's purposes rather than our own, and humility instead of glory. It would be great to read that as individuals, but also we're going to do that um, through home groups and uh, there'll be plenty of room for uh, discussion and prayer and meditation on the on themes. If you have other ideas of how you want to enter into this Lenten period, then um, uh, there's a, a room on the, uh, on the blog, on the website, to, um, uh, to leave some ideas and uh, to talk about them. But um, uh, Lent has come on us quickly this year. Um, we're going to mark it next Wednesday, which is the official beginning of uh, Lent, with a service of repentance and humility called um, the Ash Wednesday service. It's at 7.45, I hope you'll be there. Uh, but uh, let us enter into Lent this year and um, uh, seek God's transformation of our selfish lives into uh, his uh, intent for our lives.